Hi, my name is Dawn Long. I started this podcast to share not only my story, but to share others' untold stories, to share the truth and journey of healing, so I can show you that it is safe to do the same. We are transforming and healing together. This show is about the heart-centered transformation for you, for me, and the world. This is the Your Transformation Journey show, and this is our journey together. Let's begin. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Your Transformation Journey with Amanda Chan. Chan. Lord, it's Monday, y'all. I'm telling you, I've had the case of Mondays since I woke up today. <laughs> it's been hilarious. Amanda is the host of Miss Amanda Show podcast and leads interviews, workshops, and research on how our interactions and relationships determine our self-worth. With her 100 Masked Men series, she spent a year speaking to men about masculinity and what they believe and the role in the society to better understand the other side. She has since dropped out of her business to live a quiet life in a remote town in Mexico as she writes her memoir on letting go. Welcome, Amanda, to the show. And I would love to say that is an interesting take on interviewing 100 men. Yeah, I mean, thank you so much for for joining me and and having me on your podcast. I think it's it was um a pretty daring project um to be fr- uh, to be frank about it, but uh, yeah, it was definitely uh, a unique journey to go on. Definitely. So, tell us a little bit about that because you, like so many people during this time, pivoted during COVID. I mean, you, you put in your thing that you used to be in the cocktail business and in the bars. So what got you to thinking about doing an interview with a hundred men? I know. I think I lost you. I was supposed to say, I think we're experiencing some lag. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Okay. So what I was asking is during COVID, just like so many people, you decided to leave the cocktail business when the bar shut down and going to Mexico. So what got you into doing that interview with a hundred different men? So working in the bar industry was already really difficult because there's a lot of gender-based violence. And I used to spend a lot of my time educating people about that. There's not only a lot of violence that happens just between people that go to the bar, the club, you know, it's also based on you know, employees to managers to the idea of women servers or bartenders that have to like please the men that come in to these restaurants, you know. So um, I really fought for that. But being in that space that you experience that every single day of men acting in a very entitled shitty way, pretty much towards these women and thinking that they can buy her and 
and that they must do everything to make them happy to get a good tip or they'll get complaints or bad reviews, you know. So there was a huge power struggle there that I really fought for. And working in that space, I was very bitter. And I realized I can't continue empowering women. I think we're done here. You know, I think all of the empowered women are empowered. They understand. They know what to do. They're educating others. They're doing the work. People that are not doing the work are the men. And rather than attacking them and saying that they're not doing the work, I had to really understand why they're not doing the work or why do they think that there is no work for them to be done. So I think it was it was learning that I had hit a peak in my own understanding of of working on these women issues and realizing how much hate I was carrying and how much I needed to also let that go in order to to really grow as a person and to grow in my own line of work of, you know, understanding this gender divide. Yeah. And it's interesting that you said that you had to let go of what you were carrying, which a lot of people, when we talk about the gender disparity in different roles, that we as a society have put men and women in certain roles. And now we realize we put them in certain roles and we're going to like, we didn't like that. We don't like that. And now we're having to reverse that, so to speak. So when you realized, Hey, I've got to quit carrying all of this stuff that I think is weighing me down. What was that like when you said, you know what, maybe it's time for me to change how I think about things. I think I hit a wall where if I continued going like this, I would just be full of hate and nothing would change. I would just be angrier and angrier at the state of things not changing. And I had to finally realize that I have to start the change. And yeah. so I was very reluctant about this. I, I didn't want to share my platform with 100 men. I didn't want to talk to men. I didn't want to have to sit there and listen to them and educate them. I, I hated all of it and the idea of it. Um, but I knew this was the necessary step to take because if I'm feeling uncomfortable, that means that change is going to happen. Yeah. And that was exciting and that was fueling me. Yeah. So what did you learn in that series, especially talking to that many different men, which I'm assuming different professions, different economic statuses, all of that. So what did you learn yeah. from that series? I think the biggest thing is the concept of femininity and that it was almost like a disease. Like you don't want to get too feminine. You don't want to get too comfortable with femininity, whereas people might challenge your masculinity. And the idea of masculinity, the fact that you can be emasculated, you know, the idea of something being not masculine, that means you can take away someone's masculinity, but you can't take away a woman's femininity. That's kind of like what defines them. And, you know, whether that's in a, in a weak effort or strong effort, you know, that's, that's a strong definition. It's, it's a clear definition. A woman can't be defeminated, you know, but a man can yeah. be emasculated. So that is actually a very fragile self-identity when you think of it that way that like, oh, no, as soon as they act non-masculine, whatever that means, suddenly someone can take that away from me. 
So if they are in these spaces where they're vulnerable or they're just showing anything that might look feminine in any way, suddenly their whole identity is challenged. And another thing I realized is masculinity is defined by just being the opposite of feminine. So there actually is no real definition for masculinity. It's just an opposition of what femininity is defined as. So yeah, Yeah. I, I realized... Wow, there's so many exper- like there's so many examples of women living different varieties of what their lives can look like for women, and that's been really inspiring and motivating. But for men, there's just, just one way; it's just the masculine way, and that's not even very clearly defined. So I don't think a lot of men can actually fit into that bucket because it's just it doesn't even make sense, and it, it it's something that's really difficult to carry forward because everyone's always judging them. Yeah. So how do we change that? How do we change how we view to the point to where if they do show emotion or if they do show that softer side of them, that they're not going to feel like we're taking a cleaver to them? I think there's a lot of layers to answer that question. I think (laughs) the first one is it's difficult for women to get into that space because women have had the their men about feeling. So I think that's step one to yeah. have men be able to comfortably talk to other men about feelings, not only during and drinks, they can also talk about feelings and that's cool. It doesn't have to be like, okay, today is a deep conversation day let's schedule this and make sure that we're going to be in a safe space for this you know Um, it just has to become more normalized once that's a little bit more normalized I think they can open up that conversation and be more intimate and express themselves with a broader language of emotional intelligence with with women and ultimately that was the point of the show it's really to improve relationships for women you know I'm a, a proud feminist and I want to improve relationships for women but I just want to stop giving women all the work you know and i i want to see more collaboration now and i want to see men noticing you know where their lack is and other men helping each other out because that's a space i can't touch but it is a space that i can spread awareness about and other women can spread awareness about so that we're not just here yelling at the men saying like hey guys get your shit together it's more like hey we see you we know what's going on and we're here to support you uh in whatever that is and I think a lot of men that are struggling through mental health or emotional vulnerability can learn from the feminist experience of trying to to break through that space you know to be able to express themselves fully to be seen as a human rather than an image of a gendered space and you know hopefully then we can all be able to see each other more equally yeah I agree with you on that and One of the things, so I'm a mom of three adult men. And one of the things that I realized in raising my sons is our men or our boys are going to grow up to be men. They need to have a good foundation of what it's like to be a good man and to be able to show those emotions and to be able to have 
those discussions with their girlfriends, their wives, or their significant other to say, hey, I can show emotion. So what do you say to moms out there that are raising boys right now? What is your number one thing to say to them and say, this is what I wish you would have taught your sons that are my age? I think it's the encouragement to discover who you are rather than saying, oh, that's for girls, that's for boys, and you need to do this. And rather than suggest suggesting or kind of forcing them into a certain lifestyle or type of man that you as a parent want them to be, to actually let them be individual and figure it out for themselves. And I think... From for most of the men that I interviewed that were 25 and younger, they were a lot more open to change than kind of the men that were 35 and over. The ones that are 35 and over had more complications with their their father's relationships, but it, it was too late by then for them to really do anything and, and have those conversations. I think the men that are 25 and under have been able to confront their their fathers and really have that heart-to-heart moment and explain like hey I, I don't know how to be you or how to be different from you I think we all struggle as trying to be the child to our parents and acknowledging that and, and honoring that as well as trying to figure it out for ourselves and be independent and be our own person like how can we do that if sometimes that might clash with what we think yeah. um, being a good child is yeah Definitely. And a lot of it does stem from the parents. One of the things that I teach and talk about a lot is breaking negative generational patterns. And as a society, we, those patterns actually start from the moment before you're even born. It starts back to your great, great, great grandparents. And to really realize that even just 20 years ago, how men were viewed. And if you didn't do certain things, if you didn't earn more than your wife, if you weren't the sole provider or the provider that brought the most money home, or if a number of things, or if you didn't sign up to go to war, that was one of the things um, growing up in a family. I won't say it's a true military family, but all of my grandfathers had been to the military, had been in a war. And one of the things that I noticed in that pattern was, okay, you have to sign up to the military. And for our country in the United States, as soon as a son turns 18, they have to sign up. Women don't, but they do. And it's, part of that pattern of having them to stand up and say, I don't want to sign up because I don't believe in this. And it's breaking those patterns and teaching our sons, teaching our young adult sons, our older adult sons to have those conversations within the family, because until we do, it's hard to break those patterns and breaking those patterns is what will help. I think, the women of today and the younger generation to actually have those conversations. So when they do have a family, 
that it's not going to end up being a broken family because they're already going to have those discussions and they know how they want to be. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's, it's, it's an important thing and I'm so glad that you did that project. So for those of you that didn't catch it, check out her podcast. Um, I'm going to put it in the comments down below because it is a conversation that I think continues or needs to continue to be had. Um, and it starts with the family. It starts with the family talking to their sons and their daughters, I think collectively and getting people to understand that when you go out in society, when how you treat women is how your sons and your daughters are going to see that. And they will mimic what you show. So if you show disrespect to any women out there, they're going to think that that is normal. And I think that's why we have such a high divorce and abuse rate right now is because they think it's okay to do that. And it's really not. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think um, a lot of us have been misguided from from childhood thinking that these are normal behaviors and being so unconscious about how we seek those out and recreate those patterns over and over again with toxic relationships. So I don't think anyone's at fault. I think we're all just going through it. And the more compassion we can give yeah. to each other and realize like, hey, it's it's part of everyone's makeup. And the only thing we can do now is just change what we're going to do tomorrow um, yeah. with our awareness of the past rather than yeah. just, you know, being upset at the past. Yeah, definitely. So I have to ask this question. What got you to move to Mexico during all of this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, I was fired from every single bar that I was working at. I had a business teaching cocktail classes at a couple of other bars and I had to refund and cancel all of my events for the rest of the year uh, during the lockdown. And my company, Salty Paloma, I make a, a line of flavored salts and sugars. So mm. randomly, I got the biggest uh, salt order in my life. Um, I like to call myself like the the Kleenex brand of margarita salts. And I got the biggest order I've ever had in my life. Um, and I always said, if I can make six figures in the bank, then I will buy a one-way ticket to Mexico. And at that point, I was just laughing because I was like, there's no way I'm going to make six figures now during the pandemic, during a lockdown when like nothing is happening, everything's canceled. <laughs> so I took it as a sign and I just bought my one-way ticket to Mexico and I went on a extended holiday not sure what I was going to do after. And I just started to peel back all of the layers and question myself, like, why am I doing what I'm, what I'm doing? Am I just trying to be this business owner? What am I doing it for? I'm just here to gain more likes, more reputation, more recognition so that I can continue doing it over and over again. Like, I don't actually want to do this. I really created a company of of salts because I wanted to market it and make fun social media campaigns. And that was a great, you know, foot in to, to speaking with brands and working with partnerships, but it isn't a forever thing. And I think 
once we, and this goes into all of my research with relationships, once you get into something, you commit to something, you put in all this work and time into something, and you're no longer interested in it anymore, can you walk away from it? Or are you like, oh, I can't do that. I've been in this relationship for so long. There's no way that I can back out of it. You know, I'm getting older. I can't restart from the, from from scratch all over again. And the truth is you always can uh, if you choose yeah. happiness, if you choose what you truly want. So, um, so now I'm just, I think this is really interesting. I'm kind of like learning how to live now, whereas before I really learned and mastered how to work, how to work hard, how to, you know, gain success and traction for whatever these external forms of validation are but how do we live i don't know what that is and i'm really taking that time now to to slow down and see what that looks like for me and what my version of living means yeah i love that because you don't never know until you try and for a lot of people out there and i'm glad that you tied it back into relationships is a lot of people have a tendency to get stuck and they get stuck in either relationships or their work life. And they're going like, well, I've been with this company for so many years. I don't know if I can change or I don't know if I can walk out and start my own business. And I'm going to tell you, do it anyway. Cause if not now, when are you going to do it? No one's life is guaranteed tomorrow. I would prefer to step out on that limb, start the two podcasts that I have, work on my coaching, work with my clients and do that instead of just working for a company and still having this dream, but not doing anything with it. And if I can convince anybody out there that is listening to this today, or the next time that you listen it to wherever you listen to a podcast is take that time, take that minute out of your day and really determine, do I want to stay in this relationship? Is it fulfilling? Is it doing what I need it to do? Because I'm going to tell you being married over 30 years, you're not meant to make that other person happy ever. You cannot do it. That is not your job. Your job is to make yourself happy and then bring something to the table to where you both love each other, but also have differences. I hated it growing up when people always used to tell me as a teenager, find somebody that is just like you. No, I don't want somebody just like me. And I'm glad I didn't marry somebody just like me because it would have been horrible. It would have been bad. So follow your heart, follow what you want to do, because life is short, people. It is innately short. Don't stay in a relationship, be it in an intimate relationship, be it in a work relationship, whatever that is. Don't stay in it just to stay in it because you can't figure it out. Take a jump, take a leap, because at the end of the day, it's you that is here to figure out what you want to do with your life and what you want to do to make you happy, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. So got to get off my soapbox for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so as we get ready to wrap up, I always ask our guests, what is one good last nugget 
that you can give our listeners? Sorry, I missed you on that. <laughs> can you tell me? That's uh, okay. What is one last nugget that you can give our listeners? One last nugget. Um, take the time to get to know yourself. I think you, we all think we know each other pretty well. I mean, we live with ourselves and we talk to ourselves all the time, but take the moment and take the time to realize, do I really like what I think I like or do I just think I like it because other people around me like it or that it's a cool thing or it's just something that I never thought about? Like I always thought I was a meat eater and then I, for no reason, started to th- try not eating meat and then I realized I never missed it so that's yeah. just you know one thing to learn about and realize oh my god did I just con- con- did I just continue doing this thing because I never thought about it and there's so many things about yourself that you might have never known you liked or didn't like until you took that moment and you know same thing I, I played around with coffee I stopped drinking coffee and I realized how much I love coffee how much I love the taste of it but now I'm realizing I can't drink coffee because not that I don't love it or that or anything about it. It's really I can't take the caffeine. So I'm, I'm here in Mexico trying to find a different type of, of bean or material that I could use to roast so that I can still have the same flavor as coffee without the caffeine. So, yeah, yeah it's just always a fun way to discover more about yourself. In the same curiosity, if you were excited about somebody or something, give that same enthusiasm and excitement and curiosity to yourself. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Especially when you're talking about trying new and different things because you don't know. And the older you get, some of your tastes change. Revisit that. There's Mm going to be some things that you loved when you were younger. Like you were talking about eating the meat and you're like, well, I really honestly could care less. And when you really dive deep into who you are, you'll find that thing that makes you happy. You'll find that passion that you're saying, okay, I can do this. And it really gives you as a person, before we cross over to the other side of the veil, we can say we lived a really good life and it looks different for everybody. Everybody is not meant to have the same life because if we were, it wouldn't be what we're doing and we would be bored. So it's a really, it's a really good way of ending the podcast. Take that leap of faith. Really find out who you are. Because I have a sneaky suspicion a lot of you that are listening really don't know who that person is that is listening to this podcast. So. Amanda, this has been awesome. And especially from Mexico, I love being able to do podcasts because I've talked to people from New Zealand. I've talked to people from Australia, Jamaica, now Mexico. So I love it. So I appreciate you having you on and take that time. Get to know yourself. I hope you're going to have another series because That's interesting to do series on different things. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. I'm just actually wrapping up the 100 men and my new um, 
my new podcast series will be learning how to live. So it'll all oh. be kind of navigating around this whole living without a plan, without a purpose in Mexico and kind of figuring it out on the way. Oh, yeah, I'm on, I'm definitely going to have to keep tabs on you because that's going to be fun too. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everyone, as y'all know how I love to sign off, whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not, you are loved, you're unstoppable, and you are the beacon of hope. And we will see you back here next week. Have a good one. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to our podcast. To support the podcast, join our Patreon account through Podbean at Your Transformation Journey. Or if you liked this episode, send us a review through iTunes and follow us on Podbean. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and also at my website at www.donlongcoach.com. Remember, you are unstoppable and you are loved.